0: Welcome to The Winsome Creationist, where we explore God's world using a model-building approach, interact with a gracious tone, and take a firm stand on the literal truth of creation found in God's Word. Join host Steve Schram and occasional guest as they explore the mysteries and majesties from creation to the flood, Babel to the cross, and everywhere in between. And now, here's your host, Hey everyone, and welcome into another episode of the Winsome Creationist. Man, I'm enjoying bringing this podcast to you a couple times a month, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. In this one, we're going to dive right into a topic that um, is really at the heart of this podcast and even why it's named the way that it is and you know from time to time we're going to do this we're just going to kind of zoom out and like stop talking about the details of of creationism and really just narrate a little bit about the debate and some of the things that go on and, and some of the mindsets and attitudes because i think honestly that's just as important as anything else that we could possibly talk about so i'm titling this episode do old earth creationists to hate god and uh the reason i am is because while there are many because I look at I don't want to be accused of creating a straw man here, I realize there are many, many, many most creationists who would not say something like this, yeah, old earth creationists just hate God. however, I want to make two important points. number one, there are a lot of creationists who do legit come out and say stuff like this, okay? Like, really, really, that, like, if you're even just an old earth creationist, like a Hugh Ross or somebody like that, or you believe in the billions and millions of years at all, that you legit hate God. I've heard people say things like that, okay? Now, most people aren't gonna say that. And most people, if they were asked, would not say that. But it is important to understand as a Christian, I, I, I believe, to feel some empathy for people. And I've had a lot of conversations with old earth creationists where they, They feel as though, based on the things that have been said by the majority of creationists, they feel as though this is the sort of attack that's been made against them. And it's, again, we have to deal with the truth, we have to deal with reality, you know, but we also have to deal with people's feelings, okay? It's a real thing. Um, The Lord Jesus asks us to weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn. And I think there's an application to that here. We need to be careful of our language. We need to be careful that we're not speaking out of both sides of our mouth. Um, we need to be careful that we're not doing some, um, you know, Moat and Bailey type stuff going on here um, where, you know, we'll say we'll make really, really strong public claims in one moment, and then when people push us on it, then we'll retract a little bit. Like, we need to be consistent across the board. So, of course, there's going to be exceptions, and not for a moment do I want somebody to think that I'm painting with some broad brush here, and all creationists are saying things like, old-earth creationists hate God. Of course not, but there is that sentiment, and there is that attitude, and it's part of why I started this podcast, because I don't want us to be like that. I want us to be known for how we love people. I want us to be known for how we stand for truth, I want us to be more known for what we're for than what we're against, and I think that's important. So first of all, let me just say that if you're listening to this and you are a person who's made claims like this publicly or even privately, let me just say that it's really not fair to use this kind of language. Um, The Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart and judges the heart. And a lot of times, you know, we find ourselves judging people's motives. I've read lots of well meaning creationists who judge the motives of other people. And if we just have a good conversation with them, it's very difficult to see how their motives are wrong or wrong headed. Uh, for example, people who think Jesus was wrong about things and yet love Jesus and want to serve Jesus and worship Him every week. I get that that's tough, right? I've said plenty of times in public on this very podcast as well that I don't, I can't identify with that. Like, I can't identify with saying that Jesus is wrong about the age of the earth or the existence of Adam or something like that. Um, But I sure can identify with loving Jesus and wanting to please him. And many of these people are in that situation. And so what do you do with that? I don't know. But what we can't say is that this is somebody who hates God, somebody who just wants to undermine the authority of the Bible, somebody who is more interested in academic acceptance than biblical truth. And while that may be true, how would you know? Now, sometimes they come out and say it and that's fine. But let's just be careful about judging other people's motives and worry much more about our own motives and our own research and our own thoughts and our own studies and our own interactions. Man, I've got enough problems of my own, let alone involving myself in somebody else's inner world. Bottom line, language is powerful, and um, we're commanded in Scripture to be careful with it. Let me just read a few verses to you. Proverbs 21, 23 says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue, keepeth his soul from troubles. James 3, 5-6 through 6 says this, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. I think about the controversy in creationism that's going on um as of late the idea of, of a particular group calling another group young earth evolutionists this is bad this is not good this is inflammatory language it, it, it's it's derogatory language that is intentionally inflammatory and it's not even towards old earth creationists it's toward other young earth creationists who believe virtually the same things as them Really crazy if you think about it, but language is so powerful. And I know that from a marketing perspective, language is one of the most powerful things that we have. It's one of the greatest tools at our disposal, but it's also one of the greatest weapons that we must guard against. Proverbs 15.4 says this, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but the perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Man, when your tongue, when your conversation, when your language is is wholesome, it can be a tree of life. It it, It can be a wellspring to others, but when it is perverse, man, it's like there's a breach of the spirit. There's a lack of integrity. You're no longer whole. You're becoming less in some sense of the person that you're really made and meant to be when you let your tongue get out of control. What's the bottom line of these verses? Well, basically... That what we say, and how we say it, matters to God. It matters to God a great deal. Every idle word, the Bible says, will be judged. Every idle word. Now I realize a lot of this stems from the, you know, from a place of being well-meaning. Um, you know, uh, the the idea of mark and avoid comes to mind. But I really think we need to be more discerning and more careful. With that, okay, and again, not to say that we shouldn't do it. It it's just as much a biblical command as anything else. I mean, I hope you realize that I'm I'm wanting to take a very nuanced and and balanced approach here. There's a place to call out false teaching, but let's be real clear about what false teaching is. Let's be clear about our reaction to it. Does mark and avoid involve using intentionally ambiguous yet inflammatory language toward other groups of people? I'm not so sure. And so what license do we give ourselves To act within those confines And basically play God in that scenario We must be careful We want to be winsome creationists We want to be gracious with our tone We want to be accepting of people who disagree And help correct their course Not in a way that pushes them away And this is one of the interesting insights That um, many of of my friends Who I've uh, spoken with Who are old age creationists Will say Is that because of the attitudes of many popular creationists, two things have happened. Number one, they've been pushed away and don't want to hear their ideas at all. They want nothing to do with their ideas, and so they're not interested. They're not going to listen at all, which is why I'll just uh, to throw out a name here, um, which is why um, Marcus Ross, Dr. Marcus Ross has been a, a, a just a godsend. And to use the word again, a wellspring of life in the creation community as of late because he's making the rounds in some very public places. And he's been invited on some high-profile you know, YouTube channels and interviews and things of that nature and debates. And people are willing to listen to him because of his demeanor, because of his kind attitude and kind heart. And that makes a difference, that people are willing to listen at all. And this is one of the things that people used to say to me, you know – People have told me in different conversations, it's like, I'm willing to listen to what you have to say because of your demeanor and your attitude. And I'm like, well, why can't we just all do that? Then people would listen more to what you have to say. That's really, really a helpful place to be coming from. The other thing is, is I've met people, and I see their point. I don't agree with it, but I see their point. Where they look at how gracious some young earth, um, excuse me, some old earth, and some even theistic evolutionists tend to be, in their conversations and and dialogues and then how not gracious some young age creationists tend to be. And they think just based on the fact that biblically speaking, it's much more consistent to be a kind and gracious person Not to say that you can't stand for truth. Again, please, take my nuance. You can absolutely stand for truth. Jesus stood for truth. Jesus said some harsh words sometimes, for sure. But as it comes to this debate, especially being an in-house debate with people who all love the Lord and are just trying to grow and and to share him with others, like – a lot of times the older age creationists and the theistic evolutionists, they might come across as nicer as the young age creationists and some people who are more on the fence. I've heard this. Trust me, I'm only telling you this because I've heard it from people. Some of those who are more on the fence lean more towards those other views because they don't think that that person's right about young age creation because they obviously don't understand biblical dictums about how to treat other people and how to treat brothers and sisters. Powerful stuff. The way that we... Put ourselves on display. Now, I know some of you are going to take some disagreement with some of what I said, and that's fine. But look, we're all held to the standard of the Bible. And I just quoted some scripture to you that I think you should really consider if you're sort of in this camp of not taking a winsome approach. Um... You know, let's stop saying or even implying that that people hate God, that people are compromisers. I hate that word, that word compromiser. I just can't stand it because it's so inflammatory in this debate. Let's stop using the word compromiser, okay? It's not helpful. Now, it's also not helpful when they call us pseudoscientists and stuff like that. That's not helpful either. But like... And I'm I'm going to be just as harsh and critical about that towards them as I am towards our own camp, calling people compromisers and saying or implying that they hate God or that they thought, you know, whatever, like, like, I'm not interested in getting into people's thought lives. So we must be careful about that. I've met a lot of people on all sides of this debate who just seem to want to get the name of Jesus out there in the hands of people. And I've heard, and this is a place I think we can all agree on, I've heard even the most most inflammatory of public young age creationists say, look, the main thing that matters is getting people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to that, I say, amen. Let's do it. Let's do more of it. Let's get that out there. Let's be willing to share with others. Let's use creation in our gospel conversations because I absolutely think that we can. And that we should, and that some people are just going to need even to go that direction and talk about those things. So let's do it. Okay, let's do it. But let's do it in a way that we're winsome to our brothers and sisters in the process. John thirteen, thirty-four through thirty-five says this a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye love also one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. End quote. The infighting does nothing to help, my friends. It only makes things worse on display for the world to see. People will know that we're disciples of Jesus if we have love for one another. So let's live in the light of that love and be winsome creationists. You guys take care. See you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us on The Winsome Creationist. Next up, I've got a fantastic interview coming your way. We're going to talk about some just really interesting stuff. It's going to be with um, a new acquaintance of mine, Zachary Klein. Can't wait for that episode. And um, yeah, it's going to be really uh, a good one. So you guys check us out in the next episode, and we'll see you then.